like it when they warm up the mic for you. When the worship team goes before you. When the word of God goes before you, right? When the word of faith goes before you. And today we're going to be, I believe by the Holy Spirit, we're getting positioned for promotion. By the Holy Spirit today, you're getting positioned for promotion. It's so important that we have our proper alignment before we go out for our assignments. A lot of us say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What am I supposed to do? Why am I here, God? What's my purpose? What's my job? What's my thing? And God says to you, why don't we work out our alignment before we go do our assignments? You ever wonder why Desert Stream starts with belong before it gets to the other things? It's because we all need to first come home with God. We all need to know our alignment with our Father before we go out and do His work. We got to know whose we are before we go tell the world what to do. And today we're we're going to go farther in in this series about the Holy Spirit today my message is about how to make more room for the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is so jealous for you he wants to pour more of himself into you so today we're going to learn how to make ourselves available to have more room for the Holy Spirit because he wants to position you for promotion we were praying for Pastor Kevin. You know, I know that Pastor Kevin has an anointing and a calling for this region, this city. Many people look to him as a leader. I've seen him travel the nations and people say, I want that guy to visit me when he travels. But Pastor Kevin, I believe that your anointing is going to be shifting this year. Not just your city, not just the nations. I believe God's going to give you a new national influence. Canada. I see your crown of influence expanding, that you're going to be uh, in demand uh, in this nation, not just for your city, not just for the nations, but Canada's going to realize there's a gift inside of you, and they're going to put a demand on your gift as an apostle. Barry knows about this. Barry's been walking in it prophetically in the nations and in this nation. But Pastor Kevin, I believe this year, you're going to shift as well, and you're going to begin to we're going to put a demand on your apostolic gift in the nations and in this nation Canada you've got something you've got treasure inside of you and here at the church we're jealous for it but the nation wants it too I believe you're going to have access to that and the apostle and the prophet are going to walk together in this land when the enemy comes like a flood the Lord raises a standard, a banner. His banner is love. His banner is not fear. The Lord is raising a banner over us today. He's raising a banner over us so that we can walk out, we can go into the streets, we can go to our neighborhoods, we can go to our workplaces. I prophesy the same thing for you, Ryan and Christy, that he is positioning you for promotion. Your life is not your own anymore. 
he's taking you from where you were and he's taking you to new places in him. He's got good things for you. And as you surrender and put yourself in position, he's going to take you to much higher places. The same thing is for Tom, the haunt, one of our elders here. Any of you who know Tom know that there's a lot inside of this guy. But I'm just declaring today, Tom, that you're positioned for promotion. The world needs what you've got inside there. You have solutions with your wife. And they're going to put a demand on that. And as God was showing me that a lot of you, this is not just for a, a few. I believe that our church, this message today, is going to position you for promotion. It's not about your titles. It's not about your age group. It's not about what you've done or how much money you have. When you position yourself under the Father's hand, He can say, okay, now I can promote you. And promotion is not for ourselves. Promotion is a gift so that we can serve others in even greater ways. Promotion is about influence for others. We get blessed so we can be a blessing. And so today, we're going to talk about how to position ourselves for that promotion. How many know the, Lord, the, the, the world is looking for answers right now? I declare that they're inside of you. And as you position yourself as a child of God, you can freely give that away. See, you know people that I don't know. There's people I can't get to, but you can. Everyone in this room has a circle of influence. And you can carry that blessing to them. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we just surrender this service to you. We know you have a message and a word that you want to get into our spirits like a seed, a seed of faith, as Pastor Sherry said. So we just accept your grace over us right now. We declare this is a season of favor, favor in the house. We're not walking by sight, we're walking by faith. We declare that favor has been unlocked in this house today. It's not fair, we didn't earn it but we receive it as happy children receive presents from their Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Wow. Thank you, Matt and the guys. So much. You can see they had a little passion in them today, huh? They're like, we're going to worship. We're going to go in there and we're going to worship. Wow. You know, at the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you're converted and become like a little children, you by no means may enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. This morning I want to share a message about how to position yourself for power. I want to show you how to make more room for the Holy Spirit. For You know what? When we open up to God, we say, here I am, God. He fills us up. When we open, he fills us up. If we're empty, he can fill us up. 
The question is, how do we get full? How do we, what position do we find? I want to give you two examples from my own life. When I was a, uh, an intern director helping with young adults, we were having a service and I was praying and we were all praying and worshiping. And God said, I want you to pray for the youth pastor. In fact, uh, I want you to wash his feet. I said, wow, okay. So this is like an awesome service. Everyone's jumping around. The lights are low. Music's rocking. I come to the youth pastor and I say, uh, Pastor, can I uh, wash your feet and pray for you? He laughed. He thought it was so funny. He goes, okay, go ahead. He thought it was silly and funny. And, but, you know, he loved me and I loved him. And, and uh, before I did that, uh, I dealt with some unforgiveness in my heart. And I think I had hidden some unforgiveness towards him in my heart. I didn't even know it was there. But the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. So I laid hands on him, and, and I said, Lord, please forgive me for any unforgiveness. As I laid hands on him, he, he fell down under the power of God. Later on, I was able to wash his feet as a, as just to serve him, to bless him, just like they did in the scriptures. And the ironic thing was, not too many months later, the senior pastor called me in the office and said, Pastor Mark, you are now doing this guy's job, and this guy is doing a different job. I said, I am? He said, yes, you are. Have a good day. And I was now the new youth pastor. And the Lord showed me that as, as we serve another man, as we serve another person's ministry and vision, as we humble ourselves under someone else, you can get positioned for promotion. The second time it happened was I was overseeing the youth ministry and the young adult ministry, and my new friends, Gareth and Andrea, were there. I can't remember if they were just married or just engaged, but they came over to my house and they said, you know what, we realize that we're new in this ministry, but you are uh, giving spiritual oversight and authority to the ministries that we're serving in. And we just wanted to come and humble ourselves before you, knowing that God has placed you in our lives for a reason. I said, you're what? And I was pretty young at this time. I was in my early 20s. And they got down on their hands and knees in the hallway and, and just humbly put their hands on my feet and just humbled themselves and said, God, bless Mark. Bless him in his leadership. Bless him in his ways. In Jesus' name. And they got up and left. I was like, whoa. I've never had that happen before. Within a few months, they had my job. I'm starting to catch something here. What is going on? When we're okay with serving another person's ministry or vision, sometimes God releases us into a greater area of capacity. When we serve others. You know, it's not about us. I used to think it was all about me, and then God said, no. I said, well, Lord, once I get my stuff in order, then it'll be about me, and then you'll really use me. God said, nope. Well, God, then, then we'll do some really cool things. Maybe we can do some things in Canada or overseas. And I was just really excited about all that. And God's trying to train me that it's not about me. It's about those that he allows me to serve. Because I already have his unconditional love. But God wants to use us. Not just for ourselves, but for those we have influence with. Now, it's hard to receive from someone if you don't trust them. It's hard to receive from someone if you don't trust that person. If you don't think they have your best interest in mind, is it easy to receive from them? You know, I get to volunteer sometimes here at the church in uh, junior high. And one of the, one of the uh, students said uh, to me in passing, well, you know, 
I think my dad's moving. I said, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think he's moving so far away that if he doesn't give my mom money and pay for the transportation, he will no longer have visitation rights. I said, oh, wow. Really? He said, yes. I said, uh, so how are you doing with that? She goes, oh, I'm fine. I don't really like him anyways. I said, really? She goes, well, he wasn't in my life anyways until about five years ago. I said, oh, now he's back in your life? Yeah. Do you get to see him often? Sometimes. I said, well, how are you guys getting along? I said, well, I put on a face for him. I put on a mask, and I pretend it's all good. But I'm happy when he leaves. So I don't really care what happens. This is a picture of what a fatherless generation looks like. And my heart was just breaking in the car. Because she doesn't even know the love of a father yet. And I'm thinking, my dear God, I'm so glad that we have a junior high ministry here. For people who can come that don't have dads. And they can come and receive here. And I thought, thank God for volunteers who say, I'll come and show up once a week and invest in a generation. I say that story to explain it's hard for that person to receive from their father because they don't trust the father. And so today we have to learn how to build trust with our father in heaven to receive from him. So what about trusting God? Is God a good father or is he not? Doesn't it come down to that? Do we believe God is good or do we think, well, I'll believe him for some things, but I don't think he's that good. When my car broke down as a young adult, there was more more oil going through the car than gasoline. I had to put an oil pan under my car. It was dripping that bad. So I called, what do you do when you're in trouble? You call your father. So I called my dad. I said, Dad, I need a car. I don't know how to do it, what we need, but we need a car. He said, okay, son, we'll work it out. Two weeks later, he called me. I drove to Spokane two and a half hours. I had to bring a case of oil with me going down the freeway. Stopped, reloaded halfway, made it home on a, on a prayer. My father said, the car is right there. It was across the street. It was an absolute junker, rust bucket. I was so disappointed, but you can't tell your father that. He said, go get the bucket, and we're going to wash it up. So we, I said, okay. He goes, go get the bucket out of the garage. I said, okay, Father. So I went into the garage, and there was a nice, new, like, new, used Acura Legend coupe, cherry red, V6, leather, fully loaded. He goes, that's your car. My knees started shaking. You know how guys get about cars and trucks. My knees started shaking. I said, that's for me. He goes, it's all yours. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hopped in, grabbed the V6, choo, shot down the freeway. Wow, that day I learned about receiving from my father, nothing I deserved. He never asked for a check. He could have, and I would have had to pay him back, but that wasn't the point. The point is I was learning to trust him, and that today I want to challenge you with this scriptural principle, that God wants to bless you first. God wants wants to bless you first. We have to receive it, but God is going to go first. So we're thinking, what do I have to do? God wants to bless you first. That's the heart of God. In In the first chapter of Genesis, we hear stories of creation, and the first time God blesses someone, sure, thanks. I'm just speaking here. 
right from the baptismal tank because we're talking about position. And when you position yourself, God can promote you in the right ways. In chapter 1 of Genesis, it says God, uh, on the, uh, he created the, all the living creatures and he, he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply to the, the, the sea creatures and the, the, all the winged creatures. That was uh, day five. And day six, he goes on to create mankind. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God blessed them. Now, Adam and Eve hadn't done anything yet, right? He just starting off with what? Blessing. Father always starts, and he always starts with blessing. He doesn't start with curses. First impressions matter, right? Well, this is how our father started, with a blessing. Come on, he says this. Blessed. He blessed them. And you know what blessing is? In the Hebrew, it's a brak. Brak. You remember our, uh, the United States president, Barack Obama? Why do you think his parents gave him that first name? It means blessing. It means blessing. And here's the picture. Brak means to... The same word is for kneel, for knees. In other words, blessing like this, you kneel down. It means to bend over or to go low. So when you bend down and kneel, you bless and you honor those who are above you. That's what Barak means, means to bless, means to kneel. So here's the crazy thing. Who went first? Who blessed first? God. What did God do for us? He knelt down. The God of all creation got down and said, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to go down so that you can go up. He did it again through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm going to go down. I'm going to get up on that cross. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to go down so that you guys can go up. See, God goes first. We have to answer the question, are we going to let God bless us? See, here's the other option. Here's the other option. Nope, I'm not going to stay in God's blessing. I'm going to go get the blessing myself. I'm going to do it my way. Have you ever ever met a self-made man or woman? They're strong, aren't they? They're independent. Uh, They're tenacious. They don't give up, and we honor that in them. But when you're a self-made man or woman, that means you didn't have a mom or dad. Because when you have a mom and dad investing in you, you don't have to be self-made. Right? So we're learning, not about our natural parents, we're learning about our heavenly God. We're not going to be self-made Christians anymore. Out here in the wilderness, we're going to go back here. You guys all remember the story of the boat in the Bible? Jesus said he was in the boat with his disciples. Big storm came up, and where was Jesus? So, I mean, here's Jesus. You can imagine fear all around, panic. We're going to die. And this is Jesus. He's got a little pillow. He's up, he's up there. 
And, you know, Jesus is in the boat. And he's sleeping. Do you see his position? He's resting. His daddy in heaven has it all covered. And I think God's trying to give you a picture of where should we rest. We should rest in the heart of God. Not running out in the desert, but resting in the boat. Today, God is telling you to stay in the boat. You know, I don't think the enemy can see you while you're down here. You're covered. You're safe. You're rested. You're full of love. You're not earning anything. You're just receiving. God does some of his best work when we're asleep. We got to go to bed. Let God do it. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. In this season of panic, God's trying to teach us how to rest. And you rest by staying in the boat with God. You get your pillow out and you rest in him. You can ask him, God, what do you want to do today? Father, what do you want to do? God said he's happy to give you his wisdom. We just got to ask. I don't want to start snoring in there. It's really comfortable in there. It's really good down there. So we now know that who blessed who first? God blessed us first. And here's the second part. When we start maturing, we don't mind asking God for a blessing. Have you met people who you say, oh, pray for, oh, don't pray for me. No, 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 no. We're not going to bother the big guy with that little prayer. You know, save it for someone who has cancer or getting divorced, but don't, don't pray for me. I don't want to bother God. They have ne- they've never met the real God. Because my dad doesn't do that. So, it's our biblical choice. The Bible says to go to God, and we can ask him for a blessing. How long has it been since you've said, Father, I receive your blessing today. In other words, God, in your, in your, in your crazy power, I can see you using your power to lift me up. And you know, it's not a bad prayer to pray. You know, there was a guy in the Bible who wrestled with the angel Lord, and he says, I will not stop until you give me a blessing. God wants to give you a blessing, but most of us haven't asked. Some of you are good at asking. You almost have everything you want. It makes me jealous. But some of us, like me, sometimes I think, you know, I better not ask God for that because that's selfish. That's a spirit of poverty on the inside. I might have a lot of money, but I'm afraid to ask because I think it's selfish. 
So it's time to start asking God for a blessing. That's up to you. We humble ourselves before the Lord, and the Bible says that what will he do? Lift us up. He says in 1 Peter 5, 6, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So this is it. We want to stay in the boat. We want to humble ourselves like this. Say, Father, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm in the boat. I'm in love. I'm in forgiveness. I'm in your righteousness. Now what do you want to do? Go ahead, God. Go ahead, Father. Surprise me. Make, make it a good one. You ever seen a child at a birthday party? The anticipation for the gift? That's us. That's us. Matthew 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. See, it's funny how God connects asking and seeking and knocking with the greatest commandment of loving one another. So you humble yourself and you ask God to do things in your life so that you can love people unconditionally. Father, I want a blessing in my life so I can love those who don't love me back. Father, I want a blessing of forgiveness in my life so I can forgive those who sin against me. Father, help me to treat people the way I want to be treated. See, that's the blessing of God. That's the truth. That's the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets when we can love one another and love each other unconditionally. They're not separate. So when you get a blessing from God, enjoy your blessing, but just realize that your blessing is not just for you. It's for all those around you. It's both and. Humble yourself and ask your father, and he'll give you good gifts. So if you want to increase in honor, you want to be an honorable person, start honoring God. See how that works? You want to grow in some area? Well, then serve in that area. I want to be an honorable man of God. I want to be an upright leader in my community. I want to, we'll start with honoring God with the little things. Honor God with your first fruits, with your tithes, with your offering. So you honor God in the little things. What is God going to give you back? Honor. What, what we, when we surrender unto him and ask, he refills that same area. Let me give you an example. These are some things I've just been learning in prayer. Father, you get in your boat, you get in the boat, you stay in the boat. Father, I acknowledge my dependence on you. And I hear God saying, son, that's great. I'm going to depend on you for some things. You know that God depends on you for things. He doesn't need to, but he chooses to. Here's another one. Father, I entrust my entire life to you. I surrender. I'm staying in the boat. I, I submit my entire life to you and Jesus Christ. You pray that prayer. And then over time, God says, that's great, son. I, I have an area of my kingdom I want to trust with you. See how trust works back and forth? I used to think it was a one-way street. 
But God builds trust with you. And he's developing training you. He's positioning you so he, you can have more things that he can trust you with. More people. More influence. It's trust. And here's a very simple three-step process that I found in Ephesians chapter 3. You can look it up, verse 14 through 19. It says, for this reason, step one, I bow my knees before the Father. Remember how we're learning about humility? The blessing is the word kneel. For this reason, I bow my knees before who? Father. Step one, you bow, you humble yourself before the Lord, before your Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So step one, we humble ourselves. Step two, we receive an experience of God's love that is beyond knowledge. I'm not talking about this kind of love. You go, oh yeah, I know, he loves me. I'm talking about this kind of love. I know he loves me. I knew it because he did it last time. He's already proven it. I know it. It's the experiential knowledge of something. So you humble yourself first. You bow down before him. And if you, when you come under a king and you ask for his blessing and he puts it upon you, it's, what's his blessing? It's the love of Jesus Christ. The highest form of blessing is the supernatural, unconditional love of God. And there's no end to it. And it passes all of your knowledge. In other words, it's an experience. So this is what you do. You got, some of you might say, I've never had an experience of God's love. Okay, so what do you do? Get in the boat. You get on your knees. Might be in your bedroom, your prayer closet. And you say, God, I'm not leaving here until you bless me. I want to experience the love of Jesus Christ so much that it surpasses my knowledge. Does it take five minutes, ten minutes, a half hour, a day away, a retreat? I don't care. Your hunger, God will meet you when you seek God. God is waiting for you. It's our choice, right? We're free. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for him, for they shall be filled. So the second thing is that we experience the love of God beyond our knowledge. The third thing is, it says this, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So we believe that as God fills us with his love, that every area of your life is now going to increase. That word fulfilled there, or filled, think of a cargo ship that's completely full of containers. Think of going to a city and not one hotel says vacancy. Why? Because it's full. That is your life. That's what God desired for you, is you'd be so full, you can say, Psh, I have no more room. In fact, all I have is overflow. I'm so full of God, I've given him my money, my relationships, my, uh, uh, I've given my, like I said, my finances, I've given my anxiety, I've given him my health, I've given him my marriage, I've given him my friendships, I've given him my parenting, I've given him my stuff, I've given him my house. You've given him permission and keys for every area of your life. And God says, great, I'm moving in. I'm going to fill it up so full. Every area of your life is going to be busting forth with the presence of God. 
Now, when I was first saved, I thought the only thing we had to work on was our heart and spirit so that we could go to heaven one day and not go to hell. So I gave God that key and said, please, Jesus, move into my heart. Save me from my sins. I want to go to heaven. I didn't know there's lots more doors. For the last 30-some years, God's been knocking and saying, can I have that one too? Can I have that one too? And I, I have to choose. I can either humble myself and say, yes, Father. You go ahead. I humble myself. Have that one too. Or I can fight it and go run out over there and do my own thing. But there's a boat to stay in, and it's God's love. God wants to show you his love as a father. So how do we do that? We have to rest in the boat. This is what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all who, are la- who labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus wants to have some time with you in the boat. And he wants to put a yoke around your neck. You say, no one's going to yoke me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, good luck with that. Go ahead. Do it your way. But Jesus is saying, if you will allow me, I will place a yoke on your neck. It's easy. It's light. It's relationship-based. It's faith-based. It's love. And I'm going to take you places. Will you trust me? That's what happens in the boat. That's when we humble ourselves and the Holy Spirit can pour down our life. The blessing of God can come down upon our heads, upon our families. So in this season, in this season where we've seen lots of people afraid and dealing with fear and anxiety, how will we serve them? Will we serve them from the boat of God's presence and love? Or are we going to be just running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to solve all these problems? We have a choice, don't we? And I think it comes down to our attitude. Am I going to... See, out here, we're serving like, kind of like a, a slave would or a servant. You know, I'm punching my time clock. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to... I'm just going to make it happen. I'm out, you know, you're getting tired. You're running around. You're tired. You're tired. It's like a slavery mentality. But when you come back to the boat, this is God's house. This is God's presence. You remember that you're a son or daughter of God, and you rest. And you say, okay, now I can serve. Now I can love with a pure heart because I'm going to love with my father. Jesus said, I do nothing that I don't see my father doing. He said, I don't say anything. I don't see my father saying. So come to the boat. Stay in the boat every day. Ask God what he's doing, what he wants you to do. Go do it freely, with peace, with love. Go out as a son and daughter, not as a slave. So two things as we close. One, this week, you can love and serve people from the boat. And what I was thinking is, I think we should each think of like five or ten people. Make a list. Five or ten people this week you're going to love and serve from and encourage from the boat. God will give you five or ten people. They might need a phone call this week. They might need an email. They might need a visit. You know, lots going around in our culture right now, a lot of fear. But I believe you could be the answer. I was just thinking of the love boat song, but I'm not going to sing it. The love boat. You know, you show up in this baby. Okay? You show up in this baby. 
It's not a physical boat, but it's, it's an ark of God in your heart. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you carry that to five to ten people this week. You speak love to them. You encourage them. You tell them it's going to be okay. You remind them of the scriptures. You give them hope. Who are you going to do that for? You're the ministers of God. And you can do that. And lastly, I, I want to just give an opportunity. We're going to close. But for those of you who want to, some of you said, you know, I've never got to come and just surrender my life like that to God. Some of you might have never even asked him to save you, save you from your own sins for eternal life. But some of you have done that, but you've never said, you know what, I've never just laid down and said, okay, God, you can have it all. I surrender. If you want to do that today, these altars are pretty vacuum, pretty clean. You can just come, and all of us can hang out here and talk, whatever. But if you want to just come down and lay your life before God, say, Father, I'm going to get in the boat. I don't even know what to do yet, but I surrender. I trust you. I want to build trust. Then after I pray, I want to encourage you to come down and kneel and just surrender to God. The worst thing that happens is that anxiety will come off your shoulders. That's like the worst case scenario is you'll feel lighter when you get up and feel less stress. That's the worst case. The best case is that God's unconditional baptism of love just pours out on you and fills your empty tanks supernaturally. So, Father, we thank you for this day. And though, Lord, we acknowledge there's a lot of fear swirling around us, we acknowledge that you are our God, we are your children. We are sons and daughters of God. So we take our rightful position in the boat. We rest in you. And we thank you for power. We thank you for the blessing of God coming upon us to serve and love those around us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I want to bless you this week to go out with great love. If you want to come forward for prayer or you just want to kneel down or lie down before God, I just invite you to do that. And we have a little gift for Pastor Kevin as well. We just have a lot of words of encouragement that the people wrote for you this week. And uh, you can put hand sanitizer on or whatever when you read them. Thank you, Megan. There's just a lot of cards and words of encouragement. And if you, if you have a word for Pastor Kevin of encouragement, you just email him. Just send it to him and uh, encourage him or, or find him on Facebook even. He'll get him on Facebook. <laughs> right now he can't get on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, what is your email, Pastor Kevin, that you, your church one? Okay, so kevin.dscf at gmail.com. So um, just, you know, investing words of encouragement and life into Pastor Kevin uh, on his birthday. That's the intention of it, and that's great. So God bless you this week. Go with God's blessing and favor. If you want to come up front for prayer or just to kneel down or to surrender before the Lord, please do that, and have an awesome week. Bless you.